This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And it is week four of the cheap beer given to me by my boss. And uh, just as I was grabbing out this beer that I have while I do my show, I looked into the little beer holder case thing that this this cheap beer comes in. It's Rolling Rock, if you've forgotten. Uh, I looked in, and it looked like there was three beers left. I thought, well, that's not so bad. Just another three weeks. <laughs> that ain't so bad. And I reach in, and I grab one, take it out, I look in, and I see, no, there were six beers left. <laughs> I, you know, free beer? All right. Uh, I'm a skeptic. You guys know that. You should know that by now. I don't, I don't accept that there's some kind of collective consciousness or unconsciousness or something. Uh, I don't accept that there's something like the. Hang on. Is this last week's show? Seems to me I was saying that. Wait a minute. Uh, no, 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 it was the four beers. Four beers. But funny. It's just. Sounded like last, last week's show. Well, anyway, the reason why I mentioned this uh, collective consciousness thing, or the universe has a plan, or God has a plan, or any of this stuff, I don't believe in any of that. I just think that there is such a thing as randomness and coincidence. Uh, coincidence. It's the beer. It's a cheap beer. It just you know, makes my dentures loose. Uh, I don't accept any of that. And I bring this up again because... I have another little story. Okay, now this happened a couple of weeks ago on a Tuesday. Tuesday's my long day. I know I mention it all the time. I work my full-time job during the day, you know, eight hours plus, whatever. And then uh, that night I clean two buildings, which takes about five hours. So I don't usually get home till about 11, unless I, you know, unless I really haul ass. But uh, anyway, I was stopping to get something to eat that night. And... I went to a, a, a pop, uh, Popeye's chicken, and yeah, I get in line. There's a um, an older woman in front of me, uh, elderly sort, and uh, she's uh, she's ordering something, and I'm just kind of hanging back and, and just being patient, or at least trying to be. And she she places her order. She gets the total. She reaches into her billfold, and she she says, oh, "I could have sworn I had more money than this." She's holding like. I don't know, three or four dollars. And she just, I swear I had more money than this. She's looking through, she can't find anything. She says, oh, 
I'm sorry. So the cashier has to cancel out the order, and you know the woman turns to me and says, you can go ahead. And I, I went up, and she just moves over to the side a little bit, and she continues to look up at the menu, menu board as if she's trying to figure out, I think this is what she was doing, she was trying to figure out what her 3 or $4 was still going to be able to buy her so she could get something to eat. Well, I place my order, and I pay with a check card, and I had 15 bucks in my wallet. And I, you know, I, I don't know, I'd look over to her and I said, uh, am I right that you're a little short, you didn't have enough? And she said, yes. And I said, well, here. And I handed her five bucks. And the cashier, the, the young woman, uh, says, oh, that's so nice. And the, and the older lady, she says, oh, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Uh, something like that. And, well, I'm going to leave it at that point because there's more. There's more to that little bit. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it into this whole thing that I don't think the universe has a message or has a plan or th that kind of thing. I'm going to tie it into that. You see, this I think that was like two weeks ago. So then this past week on, I think it was Wednesday, uh, well, from I don't know how long ago, three weeks ago, I went out and with my own money, I bought a couple of cans of WD-40 uh, for work. One for at the office when I'm working on fixing up vacuum cleaners. Sometimes I need WD-40. And then another can for one of our buildings uh, that could use it. So I, I just went out and picked it up and it gave the boss the receipt and he'll reimburse me for it. Well, it was kind of taking a while. <laughs> I wasn't getting reimbursed. And I reminded him at some point and he said, oh, Oh, you're right. Okay, I'll you know I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Well, then I don't know if this this past Wednesday comes by. Now my boss does not know that I did this little moment of charity uh, for a stranger. He doesn't know this. I didn't tell anybody. I've only told one person about this, uh, and it was uh, a friend of the show, Craig, one of the Minnesota skeptics. I sent him you know messages through. Uh, Facebook and uh, we were chatting and I said well this happened so he knows where this is the other part of the story is going but he doesn't know about this so the boss finally comes in on Wednesday and hands me the money that he you know just cash for you know paying me back for the, the the supplies purchase that I did which I just did another one today of 13 bucks so anyway so he hands me 20 bucks it was 15 that I spent. He hands me 20 bucks. He gives me an extra five. There are those in the world who would say, "You see, Dim, you know, God is giving. He gave you back the the five dollars, or the universe gave you back the five dollars. You gave that woman five dollars, and and here your boss gives you an extra five. You see, no. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can look at it that way if you want, but." It's just a coincidence. It's randomness. These things happen. So, you know, it's it's. I suppose it's kind of like that Seinfeld episode. You remember that one? Uh, some of you kids might be too young to remember Seinfeld. <laughs> Already too young to remember Seinfeld. It's hard to believe, but it's possible. There was an episode where Jerry Seinfeld realized that he always breaks even. Doesn't matter. He just always breaks even. I come out even. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> And he's demonstrating this to uh, uh, Elaine. He takes 20 bucks out of his wallet, throws it out his apartment window. He says, eh, I'll break even. 
And she's that's 20 bucks. What are you doing? Eh, don't worry about it. So he grabs his jacket. He and Elaine are going to head somewhere. He puts it on. He puts his hand in his pocket of the jacket. And he says, eh, Elaine. He pulls a 20 out of his pocket in this jacket. Look at that. I broke even. And when he, he later on, uh, the, the, the woman he was dating is breaking up with him. And he's nonchalant about it. He's nonplussed. He's kind of, eh, okay. And she's, it doesn't upset you at all. He says, nah, someone else will come along. <laughs> that was a good series. <sighs> okay, so, yeah, I just, it's just random. It just happened. It's coincidence. It's, there's nothing, you know, let's not, let's not get all crazy about it, okay? All right, so, the other part of the story, which, um, you guys will recall that I'm an atheist, okay? The, the, you, you should know that. If you didn't know that, you know it. You should know it for this next little bit. Well, the uh, uh, the elderly lady for whom you know I gave the five dollars just because what the hell, you know, pay it forward. Be nice to the next person along the line, if you can do. You know, so I and I could, so I handed her five bucks, and so she says thank you, sir. And the cashier says that's so nice. And then this older lady. She's in her 60s or 70s or whatever. I don't know. She was up there. She starts saying, praise Jesus. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And <laughs> I knocked that old woman down to the floor. And I said, give me back that $5. There ain't no God, lady. So you just get used to the fact I'm an atheist. And I give you five bucks. Now give it back to me. And as long as you're at it, you might as well give me the other bit of money, too. And so then I look up. And all the customers are standing up, and they got their phones out, and they're videoing what I'm doing. And I look at them, and I say, landscape, people, landscape. Turn those cameras so they're horizontal. I'm sick and tired of turning on the news or looking at social media and seeing people sharing videos or the news people showing videos from rubes like you who send them into the news stations of something that happened. And every time they're formatted vertically, it's landscape, people, not portrait, landscape. I don't care how you do your photographs, but when you're doing video, and about this point, people are, you know, the... the the Popeyes guys are putting a straight jacket on me, and I and then I stop and think, well, what the hell is Popeyes got a straight jacket for? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, <clears throat> hang on, hang on, none of that happened. Well, up until the you know, when, and including the praise Jesus, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus, all that. I mean, I got one thank you. God got half a dozen. <laughs> Uh, the other stuff, you know, but really seriously, folks, when you're taking video with your your smartphones and your and your devices, turn them horizontally. Just do it; it'll look better. And yeah, it looks fine on your phone when you're looking at it, but when you put it on, you know, on on your computer at work or at home or on your TV, it's gonna look stupid to have the. It's just it's gonna look like you're looking like you take a door and you just open it you know, like three inches and you look through that gap. That's what it looks like. Like if there's more that could be seen. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, so she's thanking God and everything, and then I I just I just smile and I shrug it and I get my food and I go sit down and eat. Nothing more happens, and all that. I wasn't and I'm not you know I'm not I, I just the reason I told you this is not just give myself like oh what a great guy I am it's just I thought it'd be interesting that well the five bucks came back to me coincidentally and this woman just <laughs> I'm not kidding she thanked me once she thanked God half a dozen times I'm not kidding <laughs> all right um 
Did you uh, see in the news just recently that uh, the, the a section of the I-85, Interstate 85 in Atlanta, a section of bridge had collapsed down there? Uh, fortunately, uh, it, it the situation was uh, such that no one was driving on that section of the bridge or under that section of the bridge when it collapsed. So there was no injuries, no loss of life. So fortunately, that was uh, that was the case in, in this incident because, well, under the bridge, apparently, uh, I'm not sure who stored the stuff there. The city, some company, I don't know, but it's a bunch of plastic type stuff is, is stored under there and they de- they don't know how the fire started i'm sure they're going to be looking into it to figure it out and you know I, you know arson jumps to mind because fires don't just start on their own but maybe sometimes they do i don't know i don't know what am i kreskin even kreskin isn't kreskin he's some bullshit artist guy anyway somehow a fire started under that section of bridge and, be, and it was billowing up a lot of smoke, and of course the fire's coming up and it's hitting that part of the bridge, and it's, you know, it's just burning under the bridge and cooking that little section of it. And people were, you know, were smart enough to stop and not try to go over it because the flames are coming up on either side and there's all the smoke up there. So that's why when it did finally collapse, there was nobody on it and nobody was harmed. But gee whiz, I thought fire couldn't melt steel. Huh. You mean to tell me that a steel and concrete and asphalt structure, I'm assuming there's asphalt on top of it, it may have been all concrete, you're telling me that uncontrolled fire for however long it was going was enough to, uh, um, to compromise the structural integrity of that part of the bridge that it collapsed? Really? Next thing you'll be telling me that the World Trade Center in Building 7 came down uh, not from a controlled demolition. Please, come on. Everybody knows fire can't melt steel. There you go. There you go. Look. Look, conspiracy theorists. Look at that bridge. Was that a controlled demolition? Because, you know, we all know that fire can't do that. It doesn't get hot enough. Even fire, you know, in, in the World Trade Center with the jet fuel in there and all the all the furniture and paper and, and air around there to feed the flames wouldn't make it hot enough to melt steel. So it's, well, how, what, um, huh? And Building 7, what, what about Building 7? Oh, God. It's, it's just, there you go. Look at that situation that happened in Atlanta. There's an example of what can happen. It doesn't have to melt the steel. It doesn't have to liquefy it. All it has to do is compromise its structural integrity. That's all it has to do. There was a video, and it's probably still around. I'll see if I can find it and put it on the show notes, of a, of a, of a blacksmith or, or a metal worker. I don't, I don't know what he is exactly, but he's, he demonstrates with a piece of re- rebar, which he gets slightly hotter than what the temperatures were in the towers. He gets it a little bit hotter, but still not hot enough to melt the steel piece of rebar that he's got. Doesn't, doesn't melt it, but it gets it red hot. And he puts it in a, you know, he takes the cool in, holds it with his hand, puts the hot end into a little uh, part of his anvil. And he just, with two fingers, he just bends it. Because the structural integrity 
of that heated part of the piece of rebar was enough so that it became pliant and no longer had the ability to uh, do its job and hold the weight. And that's what happened with the Twin Tower buildings. They got hit by planes, there's holes in the building, fire started, fire's running for however long the fire was running, and the second tower hit fell first because it got hit lower. There was more floors above the, the scar in the building left by the plane that it, it was more weight, so that came down first. And the way it came down, because at that plane went in at an angle, if you see the you know just just like when you're when you're uh, when lumberjacks are cutting down a really large tree they cut a notch on one end and then they and they start to cut at the other end well the notch is the way that the the tree will fall they they just cut that little wedge shaped notch in there and then they cut from the other side until the it, there's not enough to hold the weight and it falls toward the notch because that's you know that's how it's the lumberjacks designed it to do it and just like that, if you watch video of the tower coming down, you'll see the top end of it tilts toward that notch and then starts to come down. Almost in the same motion, tilt and down. Then, of course, Building 7. Now, you know, Building 7 looks like it was a controlled demolition. It really does, because when you see the building come down, it, it comes down the way we've seen controlled demolition, from the bottom, because that's where the, the chargers are, are set and comes down that way. But the thing is... The way Building 7 was constructed, the, the exterior of the building is just a shell. It's, it doesn't hold the floors and the structure of the building in place. It's just a shell. All that structural aspect of the building is within. There's columns and beams and floors and all kind of connected up to these columns. And that's what holds the structure of the building together. The outside is just this, this pleasant-looking shell for the building. It might have some... Uh, it, it might do some uh, support of the floors in that, but not really. And when the t the tower that came down on the you know the side facing you know, building seven facing the tower, so when the tower came down, it took a big chunk out of that part of the of building seven. Started fires, took out when the towers came down, took out all the water, so that there was no sprinkler system, and so building seven burned for seven hours, uncontrolled. And then eventually, the column that got the most damage from the towers coming down was the one that gave out and fell down. And when that started to come down, it just pulled everything else down inside first. And then the outside shell came down looking like it does when a building is brought down through controlled demolition. So, what is this all this... And why bring it up? It's been how many long? But it's still, I still see stuff coming up on Facebook. I still see that there's still people out there that think, oh, it's inside job or whatever. There's just, it's the conspiracy theorists just cannot accept that the standard model explanation for what happened on 9-11 is the truth, is what happened. And it, it makes sense. It's logical. It all fits. And you don't have to come up with uh, wacky stories about what happened to the passengers on the planes, and you don't have to come up with, well, it was holograms that hit the building, it was really missiles, and they were just covering them, or the, whatever kind of crazy ideas that the people who want to believe that it wasn't 19 hijackers and four planes, three of them crashing into buildings and one of them crashing into a field, they don't want to believe it was that. They want to believe it was something deeper, something more sinister. And that bridge down in Atlanta... 
should be an example to us that fire can cause an otherwise pretty solid structure to come down. It doesn't have to melt the steel within the bridge. didn't have to melt it. All it had to do was weaken it enough so that the weight of the bridge would make it collapse. That's all it had to do. And now what I have to do is go to my first break. You're listening to Jimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I'll be back after this break. Sit tight. Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Ah. Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? Those other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. That break was entirely too short. I think I should maybe double or triple the sizes of breaks. You know, I, I listen to lots of podcasts. I think you probably do the same. Uh, and this show is available through iTunes, the show here, Dimland Radio, in case you didn't know that. Of course, if you are listening to this from a download on iTunes, then of course, well, then you know. But uh, um, anyway, you know, it, it, tell people about the show. If you think it's interesting, 
and and informative and maybe a little funny, maybe. <laughs> uh, suggest it for somebody. You know, you don't have to force them to listen to it, but just say download it and delete it. You can. You don't have to actually listen. Just make the make Jim feel better about himself and bring up those those podcast download numbers. Anyway, uh, and if you haven't rated and reviewed, given a good rating and a good review, <laughs> yeah, please do so. Um, anyway, so I listen to other podcasts, and you know the podcasts tend to have certain ads, Casper mattresses or sleep number beds. They tend to have those, one or the other. Uh, there'll be you know stamps.com. There'll be I don't know. It's just there's there's lots of um, um, uh, Blue Apron is one, and then there's another you know which which you they send you ingredients to make meals, and, uh, and there's another there's another one like that, and there's Nature Box, which is a kind of a kind of a all natural snack on your honor box thing they send over. I don't. It's just you know lots of different, but it seems pretty much. Um, I don't know if it's lots of different, but you know, there's just there's a number of stuff that you're going to hear when you listen to podcasts when they start taking ads, and they're pretty much you know, there you go. Now, most of the time, I just zip right through them. Uh, I did, I did. You know, the only one that I wouldn't do that with when I did listen to his show was Adam Carolla because Adam Carolla would do his live reads of his ads, and he would still be riffing on things. He would still bring up comedy-type stuff and make jokes about, you know, so you, he'd interweave that in with in with the ad, so, you know, you might miss out on something funny if you zip through it. Uh, Pendulette, he'll just do a block of, I swear it'll be ten minutes, just or five minutes, and you just zip through, zing, 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 just zip through, because uh, you're not really going to miss miss much. And I tend to do that, you know, I, like I said, I didn't do it with Adam Carolla, but I don't listen to Carolla anymore. I get tired of his, you're, if you're poor, you're just not working hard enough. Bullshit. So, um, which, you know, that's oversimplifying it, but I just kind of get tired of it. And anyway, um, I, most of the time when the podcast has one of those, you know, ad breaks, I just zip through it, fast forward through it. But not on the Dana Gould hour, which is never an hour. It's it's some, and most of the time it's over two hours, and sometimes it's damn near three. But it, it's supposed to come out once a month. His podcast it's really entertaining. It's really good. Uh, and I, but I can listen to D- Dana Gould do an ad. I don't know why. Uh, they're produced really well. He puts a mu- musical bed to them, and he has this way of talking through the ad that just. I don't mind listening. Oh, sure, sometimes I'll zip through it, but most of the time I just listen. I, it's, it doesn't. It's there's something about it that doesn't bother me. It, I don't feel so much like I'm being sold. And it's like, and like here, buy this product, buy this product. I don't feel so much like that's what's going on. And you know, I came to really doubt most of Corolla's when I was listening to his show. I, I came to doubt his integrity because you would hear him talking about. Um, his philosophy about uh, lip balm, chapstick. Don't get addicted to that stuff. Don't use it would be what he would say. Don't use it. Don't carry it with you. Don't get used to using it because you'll just start using it and you'll just, that's what you'll do. You'll just always be using this stuff. But then, at some point, 
he got a sponsor. It wasn't chapstick, but it was another one of these, you know, skin moisturizing kind of stuff. And they also had something you could put on your lips. Didn't call it a lip balm, but he would say, and I didn't believe him for a second, I'll put it on my lips when I, when I go to bed at night. And I thought, bullshit, Corolla, you don't even use this shit. You know, your criteria was, will their checks clear? All right, I'll do the spot for them. I th I, that's, you call me cynical, but that's the way I started to take it because I would, it, that wasn't the only thing. You know, they, he t he, Nature Box, I mentioned Nature Box. And he talked about how, um, uh, you know, how great that was. Oh, they love the stuff in the Nature Box. Everybody loved it. Oh, they all rave about how great it is and how great it is. And then I stopped hearing Nature Box ads. Didn't really notice it. Just stopped hearing them. You know, that's not uncommon. They'll they'll buy a certain block of time for you to do ads, and they'll pay you for it. And then when that's done, it's done. And then maybe some months down the road, they'll pay another block of you know a bunch of money to do another so many episodes where you advertise for them. And then when that's done, it's done. That's kind of how things go. And that's fine. But I, I I hadn't noticed that they that the Nature Box advertising stopped until Corolla was grousing about vending machines that he has in his warehouse, in his, where he does, where he has his studio and he has cars and you know, stuff, and he has everything set up. Uh, man's got money, so, well, you know, no more power to him. He, he started complaining about there's just Doritos and, you know, Kit Kats and that kind of stuff. And I, and, and he, I'm listening to him complaining about this. And this wasn't part of an ad. This was just him doing his complaining thing, which, you know, I, I, I hope I'm as, at least somewhat as good at complaining as, as Corolla is because he's a good complainer and I'm, I'm pretty decent. But uh, he's complaining about it. And at, at some point it dawned on me, I said, wait a minute, what about Nature Box? They were fabulous. They were awesome. Oh, that's right. I haven't heard a Nature Box ad for I don't know how many months now. Huh. Interesting. Uh, you know. Anyway, I hadn't planned on talking about that because uh, I had planned on doing something else. And that was, uh, well, geez, you, know, you think I'd have this all at my fingertips. I'm going to do one of these. Now it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Oh, it's going to be. I promise it's going to be good. Uh, and incidentally, you can send in a listener-contributed pedantic moment, if you like. Email me at Dr. Dim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Email it in, and if I think it's decent, I'll, I'll do it, and I'll give you credit. Um... <clears throat> Okay, now it's that time of year, that magical time of year that every homeowner who still has a mortgage looks forward to with just such joyous uh, feelings of, boy, I can't wait. Joyous anticipation for that notice to come from your mortgage company saying, gee whiz, <laughs> we didn't take enough out of out of your payments, you know, you didn't make enough uh, extra payments for the escrow to cover your your uh, property tax and your insurance. We had underestimated, so shucks if, if we're not short. So here's what you can do. You can do nothing and we'll up your monthly mortgage payment by 50 bucks to cover uh, what we estimate it's going to be going forward. Or 
you can pay this amount, and they give you an amount, by the end of March, and your payments will go up 20 bucks. Well, I'd rather have the payment just go up 20 bucks. So I scraped the money together, and I sent that payment in. Now, the statement that you get is a couple of pages. And the first page, at the bottom of the first page, the, the bottom third, just like any bill that you would get, the bottom third, or maybe the upper third, depending on how they do it, will have the remittance slip. You know, the part that you tear off and you send back with your payment, with your check, if you pay that way. And I pay some of our bills that way, and I pay some bills that are taken out automatically, and some I, you know, whatever. Okay, so this happened to be one that I would be sending a check. So I tear off the remittance slip, and I thought, huh, I wonder, I wonder if there's anything on the back that might indicate how you could pay online, or maybe by phone, because I'm getting close to the deadline. So I hope I got it there in time, but uh, I'm getting close to the deadline. So I flipped the thing over, and man, I wish I had made a copy so I could put it up on the thing so you could see it. You're just going to have to take my word for this. Perhaps you've seen this yourself. My wife, when I showed it to her, she said, oh yeah, I've seen that before. So perhaps you've seen it. I, I flipped the thing over, and on the back is one sentence written in fairly large type, not huge, but fairly large type, going across most of the length of the back of that. You know, there's like there's like an inch or two on either side. You know, the the bills in eight, eight and a half by eleven, eight and a half by ten, eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. You know, like a normal sheet of paper size. So the back of it, you know, this thing is written out across about six inches. And fairly, fairly large, but not monstrous type. And it's in parentheses. I don't know why the sentence had to be in parentheses. And it read, This space has been intentionally left blank. Um, no, it hasn't. You see, it would have been left blank if you didn't the sentence explaining to the customer that that section was left blank. See what I mean? They're putting that sentence there negates the space being blank. It just com completely throws that out the window. And I blame corporate America. Yeah, you know, I, I, can you imagine the, the meeting in which this came up, and they came up, can you imagine that? Well, if you can't, I can, and I'm going to perform it for you right now. Now, if I was like George Robb, I would have several you know, tracks that, and different voices and stuff like that. So you're just going to have to follow me because I'm doing it live to laptop. <clears throat> Picture a corporate, a typical corporate uh, conference room, and there's the, 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 the head guy at the front of the table, uh, JB and JB is saying to everybody, okay, all right, everybody, settle down, settle down. We've got uh, item number 93 on the agenda. Oh, nine, oh, all right, settle down. Look, look, we're, if we, we're just halfway through. We're almost done. We got another half to go. So let's just plow through, folks, okay? Pay attention. All right, item 93. Uh, Frank in Accounting has brought up uh, a money saving measure when it comes to our sending out these, uh, these invoices with the remittance slips uh, to our customers. 
uh, that uh, he thought it would be a good idea that if on the back of the remittance slip, slip we leave it blank because we would save a little on printing costs by not going through as much ink and that in the long run that was because we send out a lot of these things you know that uh, that in the long run would save us some money now i think that's a pretty good idea but does uh, anybody have any thoughts on this uh, bob what do you say well boss you know I think it probably is a pretty good idea. I mean, uh, I do like the idea of cutting costs and everything, but you know, we're going to have a few customers out there that are going to be a little confused by that blank space back there. Uh, I would think there would be a way to uh, let people know that we meant the, to leave that blank on purpose. Uh, uh, Bill, you got any thoughts on that? Well, I think I have something here. Um, let me just put this up the flagpole and see if anybody salutes it. Uh, suppose we put a sentence on the back, on that dear, in that space, we put a sentence that says something like we, we left it blank on purpose. Uh, we could put it in parentheses so it seems like it's more of a an aside than a sort of like a command you know what i mean uh, i'm not sure about the sentence uh, jane you're, you're good with words you got anything mm, well we could uh let me think now i do like the parentheses idea i think what we'll do hmm what if we put this space has been intentionally left blank what do you think jb well you, well everybody i think we've uh, nailed this one down i think that's a pretty good idea let's go on with that uh good idea frank uh nice of you to come up with that so let's get on to uh, item number 94 on the agenda later that day the employees were shocked to find frank had hanged himself in the men's room with a note attached to his chest saying why do i bother <sighs> this space has been intentionally left blank. <laughs> it's stupid. You know it's not stupid. Taking a break just a little bit early. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, this space had been intentionally left blank. See, that actually was blank. No ink was, was used on that little bit right there. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. 
Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run without scissors, it's the least you can do. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You don't say... What, you think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Sumgawi, Uga Buga, Matsawana, Sumbunga, Wana Buana, Watsawana, Yogi, Umbata, Konjuju, Konmonat. Kalabanga, Ungawa. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. <sighs> Here's a good idea. <laughs> I, I think, um, well, it, it's an unusual tactic taken by a... Uh, uh, by a Texas lawmaker, uh, name, she's Representative Jessica Farrar. Farrar, I think that's how you say it. Uh, she has proposed a bill that uh, would uh, fine men one hundred dollars each time they masturbate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. Jesus, this is a recent article from uh, March 13th, so it's not totally recent. Well, it's recently, okay? It's recent. It's two weeks, okay? Jeez, this isn't a news program necessarily. It's just this came up, and I thought this was interesting. Uh, according, uh, this is from CNN. Isabel Chapman wrote this. Uh, a Texas lawmaker has proposed a bill that would fine a man $100 each time he masturbates. The bill also imposes a 24-hour waiting period if a guy wants a colonoscopy or a vasectomy or if he's in the market for some Viagra. Representative Jessica Farrar, a Democrat, knows her bill isn't going to get very far, but she proposed it last week to make a point and give male lawmakers a taste of their own medicine. Farrar has long been an advocate of women's health in a state that has made it extremely difficult for women to get abortions. Uh, the bill, by pointing out a sexist double standard, is meant to shine a light on the obstacles women deal with when it comes to their health care. Uh, yeah, okay, that's an interesting tactic. Um, there has been some pushback uh, from, uh, from her political opponents. Uh, Republicans have lashed out at Farrar's bill. I'm embarrassed for Representative Farrar. Her attempt to compare uh, to the abortion issue uh, shows a lack of a basic understanding of human biology, said Representative Tony Tinderholt in a statement. 
I would recommend that she consider taking a high school biology class from a local public or charter school before filling another bill on the matter. On the matter, matter. Uh, Tinderholt recently proposed a bill that would change that would charge abortion providers and women receiving abortions with murder. <laughs> And this, don't you, I just love that little bit there. Uh, I would recommend that she consider taking a high school biology class from a local uh, public or charter school. Really? I wonder, now I didn't have a chance to look it up and see if there's any, you know, where does uh, Representative Tony Tinderholt of Texas stand on evolution? <laughs> You know, I don't know. I have, I don't know. I can't say this for sure. This is a smear speculation on my part, but judging by his uh, uh, wanting to uh, charge abortion providers and women receiving abortions with murder, I have a sneaking suspicion, just a sneaking suspicion, that he's probably not on board with evolution. Just, I mean, maybe he is, but... If I found out that he thinks the Earth is maybe 6,000 years old and there was this thing called Noah's Ark and it was real, if I found these things out about this guy, I don't think I'd be very surprised. But he's a Republican. You would think that he would have crunched the numbers on this. Now, I did some numbers crunching. I found a website that uh, gave the demographics of uh, the state of Texas. Now, I won't bore you, uh, give you all the numbers and uh, everything, but what I decided to do was to figure out how many males are living in Texas, how many male Texans there are, uh, cis males. Uh, you know, uh, they don't have to be hetero though. Not I, I, so I, hmm, I wonder, are there cis homosexual males? Anyway, they, they could be they could be homosexual. Uh, anyway. Let's just not convolute it that way. Let's, I just took males, okay? From ages 15 to 69. I was going to go 15 to 70, but the demographics were broken down. Uh, sometimes they were in groups, such as uh, 70 to 74. Sometimes they were individual, as in uh, age 20 and 21. Those were, they just did those, but sometimes they grouped them. So I thought, uh, I'll stop at the, the 69 and not go to the 70 to 74 because, well, I don't want to go that old, even though, hey, even though, guys in their 70s, you know, it's there, and sometimes it's working. <laughs> so, you know, it's no one around. Anyway, um, and 69's funnier, <laughs> isn't it? 69, you know, because it's, you know, it's got that thing about it. I, you know, I don't know, but people think it's some sex thing. I don't know what it is. Nobody's told me, but nevertheless. So I took the 15-year-olds to the 69-year-olds. I came up with the, the, they had the number. I came up with the number, and, and, I, and I put that all together. All right. Then I multiplied that by, uh, uh, what I do? Take, I multiplied that number uh, by, a, a, by 365. Uh, and that's the number of days in a year. And then I multiplied that number by 100. So you're charging those guys $100, 365 days a year because I'm assuming once a day sure at the younger end you know the the, the 15 year olds yeah you're gonna have two and three times a day possibly 
But at the older end, the 69-year-olds, you might be more in the range of two to three times a week. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I'm only 52, and I ain't giving you any kind of clues as to what's going on here. Okay? But, <laughs> so that's what I did. And I came up with, I think, I hope I did the math right. If I did the math wrong, let me know. Dr. Dim at dimland.com. But I came up with a number that would be collected if they could somehow figure out how to enforce such a rule. Uh, 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 Bill, what did you do? $100, let's go. Oh man, I couldn't help it. <laughs> the wind was blowing the right way. Anyway, uh, I came up with a, 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 a revenue income from this from this fine of two hundred ninety six billion dollars a year. It's pretty good. And then I looked up what uh, the Texas state budget is, how, what it costs to run their government. And for 2016 to 2017, it's just under $210 billion. I don't know, Texas, but I think we've found a solution here. I don't know where they're getting their taxes there, but I think they can get rid of all that and just start, you know, sticking it to the guys when they're handing it to themselves. Okay. Um, this is possibly the most ridiculous thing. Well... That's kind of ridiculous there, but she's making a good point, that lawmaker. She's making a really good point, I think, that, you know, the stuff that women have to go through, you know, a 24-hour waiting before you get an abortion or, you know, you have to, I don't know, you have to get counseling and all this kind of stuff. Look, it's not an easy decision. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm for some sorts of control on it a little bit, you know, at a certain point, no, unless it's, you know, to save the life of the mother. Okay, I can I can handle that. But, you know, and really, if the people who are against abortions could get on board with the morning-after pill, if somehow they convolute that into thinking that that's the same thing, that the morning-after pill, which prevents a pregnancy, uh, somehow they think that that's the same thing as, a, as aborting. I don't know. You know it's just, maybe they should go to a high school biology class and learn a little something. Maybe that would help. Which, by the way, I don't think I took biology in high school. <laughs> I had science classes, but I didn't... Jeez, I, you know, by the time I got to high school, I had a health class which taught about, uh, you know, sex ed. Which, oh, I'll tell you the story. One of the weirdest days of my sophomore year happened in health class. Uh, we it was you know we're tenth graders and how old are you when you're a tenth grader? Are you fifteen? Fourteen, fifteen, something like fifteen. You're about that. And uh, um, we're in this class and our our teacher uh, Ms. Gredvig, <laughs> she. We were glad. I was glad that I didn't have her for phi ed, because she was a real tough phi ed teacher. And uh, yeah, she would be. She could be tough. And but as a health instructor, she wasn't bad. I mean, you did the CPR stuff. Uh, you know, she did other stuff about you know health class, the kind of thing that you would need to know. And she did sex education stuff and all that. Um, and she <laughs> there. I can remember grade school 
when, as we got into the, a little into the higher grades, you know, like fourth and fifth, when we started getting to them, there would be a day in which the school nurse would come in uh, and the classes would be separated. Uh, separated by, you know, the boys would be sent to other classrooms and all the girls would be sent into this one classroom and the school nurse would have a chat with the girls. And I think that was, and I'm pretty sure that was done to talk to the girls about their menstrual cycles that were about to start happening. Some of them might even had them happening already. You know, it's, it's just, you know, everybody's a little different. To explain to them, say, hey, you know, this is going to be happening. These are the things that you can use to help, you know, keep yourself from, you know, having accidents and, you know, being embarrassed in school. Uh, this is what you can expect that can happen and all this sort of stuff, you know, just to give them that, that bit of a lesson. But they would separate the boys out from them because, well, you know, we don't need to know. Well, we should be aware of it, but we don't really, you know, need to know too much detail, at least not at that age. Okay, that's what you would expect, right? Separate the boys and, boys and girls. Well, 10th grade... Ms. Gredvig thought it would be a good idea to not separate the boys and girls and show a film about how to do a breast exam. Um, <laughs> the film shows a, woman, a young, uh, well, uh, shows a girl about the age, maybe she was 18, but she looked like she was about the age of our our female classmates and you know it's because you don't you want to be able to identify you know and and, and so this thing starts happening this and, and I don't remember our teacher giving us a little bit of a, of a you know kind of a prep talk of what we were going to be seeing but um, she starts showing this thing and and we after the class the guys were talking you know my my friends in my little group were you know we're all talking and it's like we were all realizing that as as this film was playing we thought um where is this going <laughs> because it's it's showing this this girl about our age um you know starting to she's wearing a bathrobe at some point and she goes into the shower now She's, it's the frosted glass kind of thing, so you don't see any details, but you do see that she's naked behind there, and she starts to do some, you know, examining, and they're showing that. But so we, so at first we're thinking, okay, this is getting a little close, and and, and but 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 so far it's not too bad or too good, depending on how you look at it, and then the scene goes into the shower. The camera is now into the shower and we're looking at a bare-chested, probably 18-year-old young woman performing a breast exam, a self-exam. And she's doing the circles around and the arm up and the circles around and feeling under the armpit and doing all the, you know, the stuff going around. And, and you, you could hear a pin drop. And as the guys were talking about this afterward, we just, all we did was just, we didn't want to look around anybody else in the class especially the girls we just looked straight ahead and just what are we watching <laughs> why why are should we boys be here now men can 
get breast cancer. It does happen. It's pretty rare, but it does happen. It, it, it's and and I don't remember any conversation with the girls after the film. We don't remember any kind of talk about that. I can remember when we were juniors and we got a little a little more bold about our behavior in classes when. Uh, we were talking about that. It says, can you imagine if they show that to us now? Because now we'd be a little, we were a little more comfortable with our situation in the school. We might have acted up a little bit. We might have acted up just a little bit. But that was, I swear to you, I remember that happening. But you know, memory's not videotape. but that's what I remember. Okay, um, a, a ridiculous item that I heard. I was listening to the most recent episode of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and they had as a guest on the show, Joshy Berger, who's a, he's a comedian, um, and he, he's a former uh, Hasidic Jew uh, who wrote, who came up in that very orthodox uh, society, and he broke away from it. He's an atheist now, and, and he is trying to you know help other Jews who want to break out of that to, to come out of that. And he was informing the people on the show in a section that he calls, uh, he takes over the science or fiction segment whenever he's a guest on the show. Science or fiction is a, is a, is a segment where um, the host of the show, Steve Novella, picks three, generally three science news items. Two of them are real. One of them's fake. One of them's a fiction. So they, the, his other co-hosts have to figure out which is the fiction. Well, when Joshie's on there, he does this thing called Jewy or fiction. And he, and he gives three items of some pretty bizarre rules under the Orthodox Jewish way of life. And this one thing is called the Passover Goy. This is one of the items. And I'm going to spoil it. If you haven't listened to the SGU, maybe you want to listen to that first before you before I tell you what's going on here. But I'm going to spoil it. Um, a Passover Goy is... Uh, see, part of... When, when Passover happens, Jewish folks, who are really strict in, in following the rules, cannot have any bread any leavened bread. That's when they eat the unleavened bread. They can't have any of the other bread. And they can't, depending on how they interpret it, they can't have any bread in their house. But they can't be certain that they've gotten all of it out of there. So they've come up with a way around the rule. A little loophole. A loophole from God. They get the rabbi to draw up a contract with a goy, and that's a non-Jewish person, where they agree to buy all the bread products within, you know, someone's household, the Goldberg's household, we're going to buy all the bread products and uh, for a dollar. And they do up a contract. And so the, they don't remove the bread product, products. It's just that the ownership is now the goy owns the bread. So when Passover comes and, and God comes to the door and says, hey, what's all this bread doing here? I thought I told you not to have any bread. Oh, it's not ours. No, 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 no. It, owns to, it belongs to Mr. Johnson. See, here, we have the contract. It belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. Oh, oh, well, okay then. All right, you're good. Phew. And the way they also continue to get around it, because, well, the family wants to keep their bread. They're not going to give it all over to Mr. Johnson. So what they do is, Mr. Johnson puts a nickel down payment before Passover. So he puts a nickel down, and then he doesn't make any more pay payments. And so when Passover comes to an end, the contract says he's supposed to be have paid for the bread. He hasn't. He's defaulted, so the ownership of the bread goes back to the Jewish family who owned it in the first place. How foolish, how dumb 
do they think their God is? He's supposed to be omniscient. He's supposed to be all-knowing. Somehow this works. Somehow they're able to get around that by this little subterfuge. I, it's, it's bizarre. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, what do you know? I came to the end of another show. Uh, this was a pretty spirited one. <laughs> well, it kind of. Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, saying, reminding you, telling you, pleading with you to sleep with the lights off. Oh, five more of these beers to go. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. You've certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going, I'm going to, hell. to hell. Okay, and uh, item... 123 on the agenda. So listen, listen, listen. We got to get through this meeting. So just sit on this, okay? All right, now, item 123. What are we painting? The new break room. What color should we use? Uh, Bill said maybe we should go beige. What are we thinking?